0: Welcome to the Binge Essentials Podcast. I'm your host, David Rocha. And joining me as always, fresh from his raid, Romeo Mora. Romeo, how was your raid?
1: It was touching go here and there. Pinned the bot, we finally got to the boss, but then we had this freaking pug who came in and it all up. So we had to kick him find a new healer, but eventually we got through. Got some nice loot.
0: Awesome. Today, we're going to be talking about The Guild. The Guild is an American comedy web series created and written by Felicia Day, who also stars as Sid Sherman, a.k.a. Codex. It premiered on YouTube on July 27. 2007, and ran until 2013. The show revolves around the lives of a gamer's online guild, the Knights of Good, who play countless hours of a fantasy MMORPG video game referred to as The Game. The story focuses on Codex, the guild's priestess, who attempts to lead a normal life after one of her guildmates, Warlock Zabu, played by Sandeep Parikh, shows up on her doorstep. The series also stars Jeff Lewis, Robin Thorson, Amy Okuda, and Vincent Casso. Joining us it's talk about the guild returning for the second time so quickly too. We haven't had a guest have such a quick turnaround in a long time and that is Rena. Rena, welcome back.
2: It's me. Hi. Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we let you in and you wouldn't leave so That's right. I <laughs>
2: have be. been uh sticking my ear to the door hoping that you'll let me in. I'm here and I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me back so soon.
0: No problem, man. So, the reason the guild came about was because Romeo told me the list of shows that you would be willing to do and when he he said the guild, I immediately said, great, let's do the guild because we can make that a quick turnaround and get it recorded so that we have more content for the summer. Plus, I haven't finished the guild. I watched most of the final season, but never finished it. So I thought this was a good opportunity for me to circle back and finish it off. And so Rena, why did you want to talk about the guild?
2: Short answer, <laughs> long answer. I'm a nerd. I was given the show by I, this always happens. Someone said, hey, there's a show that's really nerdy, you might like it. There's nothing that anybody told me about it other than, hey, you're a nerd, you might like this. And I did. I'd seen Felicia Day, I think, on one other thing. I'm sure she must have been a bit player and something. And I thought, oh, well, this is all right. And I thought, I can get into this. This is definitely something I like. I did a brief stint in online gaming, but mostly Xbox Live playing Halo. I kind of understood, but I did not understand. But I don't feel like I had to understand an MMO to get into this show. Because again, it's just all about the characters and how quirky they
0: are. Was it weird to be told about this show, learning about where to watch it, that it was on YouTube? Did that seem weird to you? at the time?
2: Uh, nothing seems weird to me. Nerd culture means you are finding stuff in different places. So it was not weird to me that they said, here, go to YouTube and watch this video because I just find it everywhere.
1: Did you feel lost when them talking about certain aspects of parts about the MMO, the game?
2: Not really. You know, it was easy to kind of fill in the blanks. I think at some point, probably around season three or four, I decided to try an MMO, but not mm. really. Um, I decided to play World of Warcraft Craft, but like on its own not off the server and be like I wonder what this means and I thought oh it's just this plus a bunch of people <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 I see I get it the terminology you know was just one of those things that I just assume I won't understand but I kind of understand if that makes sense
0: I totally get that like it's pretty easy to pick up if you've played enough video games growing up especially games like Legend of Zelda or just other games where you're just like walking around and grabbing things I mean you kind of get the gist of the terminology that's going on in the show It's not so foreign that you totally get lost. I think the show is pretty easy to understand, though Mm -hmm. I will say that they do a good job From what I can tell, of making it feel authentic because it's written by somebody who was a legit gamer in Felicia day. Well, still is, of course. But I'm saying at the at the time, like she's more conscious of how to consume her time with video games. Whereas in the past, what led up to the show was she was addicted to World of Warcraft Mm -hmm. for two years. Her brother introduced it to her and she just got hooked. I mean, she would still act and she would do commercials to kind of, you know, pay the rent and everything and stay afloat. But I mean, it just completely consumed her life to the point where she had to face her gaming addiction and just be like, I need to be productive. And so she thought, well, I know a lot about gaming. There's really nothing in media that is about gaming so she decided to create the guild and this was the early days where to think of a web series Mm -hmm. at that time it's just totally foreign concept really because YouTube's still so fresh and it's just kind of cool that she was able to make it happen.
1: When she was making this show YouTube had a time restriction. It
0: was 10 minutes.
1: Yeah it's a finite amount of time. It's finite
0: but even then I mean because they basically were working Mm -hmm. on a shoestring budget those first two episodes ran through their budget and they had to rely on crowdfunding through PayPal to pay for the remainder of that first season. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, and then it was also like second season on was also released through the Microsoft Xbox Marketplace. And there's a few other and Zoom. Like, it, it was a very like Microsoft sponsorship second season up until the fifth season, I think sixth season. It went to the, to the website, I believe.
0: Felicia Day said it was just a perfect partnership with Microsoft because they weren't interested in being involved creatively. They just wanted to be like the main <laughs> distributor. And yeah, so she said that was a big help to the show. But Rena, you watched that first episode. What did you I think?
2: Did. When I watched the first episode, I'm like, is that it? It, it was. was so short. Mm-hmm. I felt like I hardly had time to get a drink of water. And I'm like, wait, 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 it's done. And I had to like rewind it and watch it again. I really connected with it because I thought, oh, yeah, there are people like that who are just will glom on to you. I get it. It's just a natural thing. If you make friends online, um, like most nerds I know do, and in my case still do, I can totally understand. Understand that, And I thought, wow, this is, I can get into this. I like the characters. They're fun. They're weird. They're my kind of people. There's no better way to say that there's just a little like weird group of nerds that I'm going to continue watching. And these episodes are very short. If there's anything that is binge worthy, it's the Guild. One season of the Guild equals less than half of an episode of Sherlock. I forgot how short they were. And I was just pleasantly surprised. I'm like, hey, season one, done all right, I did this and it was really weird watching it again. I haven't seen it in so long and it's so weird. It's so weird revisiting uh something.
0: Yeah, it's so weird to watch was a full episode to them be like four minutes, five minutes, seven minutes long tops because there is enough material here where with the proper budget, you could have had a pretty good sitcom here. You could have had a 30 minute minute show. Yeah, because and we'll get into the characters later real soon here. We didn't get the best chance to explore all the backgrounds of these characters or really work with them as much. So a lot of them were just there for the zingers and the punchlines. And um, not not to say that's a disservice. I mean, they're all still fun characters in the small amount of time that we have to spend with them. But yeah, you, when you just imagine what they could have done with like 22 minute episodes for 10 episodes or something. Oh man, like the sky's the limit. The, and like the pairings you could have had with the guild members of going on adventures or shenanigans or something. It, it could have been really cool.
2: Some of the magic of this show is actually watching it go from low budget YouTube And as seasons go by, Mm -hmm. you can see the budget increase Mm -hmm. and the caliber of what they're shooting is better. Their storyline, I mean, gets better. And also the people who come into the show get infinitely better. Yeah. And then, you know, towards the end, their costumes are like, they're amazing. Their cosplay is just amazing. So you can see this transition from like, oh, here we are, tiny little guy to like corporate
1: sponsorship. Season five, you automatically see the difference.
0: With Circle's. Back to me saying the potential that Mm -hmm. was there. You know, like imagine if that was there from the beginning, even though what we got was still great, but the sleekness of Mm -hmm. season five and the storyline that they had there was just, to me, I think the best season out of all of them was was season five.
1: Nowadays, you could get it, but if you think about the time, geek culture didn't sort of break through to mainstream. It was still like this niche thing that corporate America hasn't found a proper way to monetize until Comcast bought G4 which brought conventions in E3 to the general census. I mean, I remember a time where E3 was this thing that was just on the internet, that you went to niche places. And then once corporate America was like, oh, this is marketable. And it was on television. More people got aware of it. Then there were like reporters from news stations camped outside and doing stories. So I'm like, here's what Xbox announced today. Here's what Sony announced and Nintendo. And it was like this weird thing where it finally hit this mass perforation to mainstream where everyone was like it became accessible for as the guildies would say the casuals
2: you know interestingly enough i started watching the guild and i was pretty excited about it one of the first comic cons i went to i saw the guild had a booth and i lost it like i was just beside myself excited because i was walking the floor i don't know what i'm doing no one was there there is someone there selling posters or whatever and they said oh come back they're doing a signing. And I thought at this booth, why aren't there more people here? Like I was just very confused. And when I came back, the entire cast was there. I didn't know how Comic-Con worked. This is how newbie I was. And I had come up with a little notebook. I'm like, can you sign my notebook? Oh boy. I'm an adult. I'm like, please sign my notebook. They were super nice. They had time to chat. We probably chatted with them for like five or 10 minutes. And it was great. I took my friend's son, who was also a huge fan. And Felicia Day just took the time to talk to us. And it was just so great. And watching how much they blew up later, I thought, yeah, this is what comic Con's all about. I mean, I never saw them again at a booth like that. But yeah, that was my first and last time meeting Felicia Day.
0: I'd love to meet her. I mean, in all the interviews I've seen with her, she seems such like a wonderful, down-to-earth, cool person. And I think that's why she's become sort of a, I guess you could say, an internet queen. I don't know if she's like the face of internet queens, but but she's certainly one of them. She's royalty.
1: (laughs) She's royalty. I mean, she has a large presence and she's I think she's almost streaming every day on her Twitch. She still has a large presence. Well, out I, there. I think
2: a year or two after I saw her at the guild booth with the cast, they actually opened like a geek and sundry experience. And that was really cool. I was super, super excited. Even if I didn't see her, I was really excited to see Geek and Sundry there because I knew how nerdy it was. It's pandering to the masses at this point. I'm I'm gonna go and see it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. excited about it.
0: You watched that first episode. I mean, Mm -hmm. you pretty much know right away that you're going to be in it for the long haul. Right. With all that background that we've gone through already, I think it's time to get into some of these main characters. So who did you want to start with? You got to start with Codex. Mm -hmm. Out of
2: all the characters, I'm like you. Super awkward, better without people in my face, (laughs) very anxious about everything, meeting people in real life especially, but not knowing how to handle really weird things that happen to you. That was me all the way. I love her so much. I have such a great affinity, but I'm a mom and watching Clara I'm like Ooh, Clara. <laughs> oh Clara <laughs> I see
1: <laughs> this is where it could potentially go okay I have gamed with many Claras in my MMO and I'm sure Felicia Day has too and that's the inspiration
2: she's really captured the personality of most of the types of gamers that you'll find playing in an oh, MMO yeah. and they just just shoved them all together and I loved it is it good for me to root for child endangerment no but I mean it <laughs> Is amusing to see the different ways she finds child care.
1: When Tinker Bella decides to watch her children, was the best. <laughs> what was she thinking?
0: <laughs> Such a mistake. <laughs> How do you not know?
2: How do you not know
1: about children? When I think of that scene, it makes me laugh. I can hear parents in the middle of a raid. They're supposed to keep me alive, and all I'm hearing is children in the background crying for attention. Of course, you're like not going to say something in the moment, because we all talk about each other behind our backs once we're off out of the raid, but You just hear them just screaming, I'll be done in five minutes. And I'm thinking, we just started this raid. This raid is going to take us 30 minutes.
0: Have you heard fights? Yes, I've heard a couple fights.
1: It's just so awkward. (laughs) Where they're just like screaming at each other, saying like, I'm going to need you to watch your Freaking kid. How like, awkward. Should, I'm like, yeah. should I just leave chat now? I'm trying to give you like power to you keep you running in the group alive. So I kind of need to communicate with the rest of the party members. It's like the middle of a raid. I already spent 20 minutes to get to this final point, And for me to back out, that means I have to replay that raid. Unless I reset it. Cause that's the thing in the moment that I can reset the raid and get more loot drop to drop again. Or I don't spend money to reset it so I'm rebating the sub bosses and not getting freaking drops. So I'm wasting another 20 minutes of my life to get the point where I need to get that final loot drop I understand Codex like I understand that mentality of like the things you're willing to like submit yourself through just to get through a freaking raid is real and I've done that
0: well the funny thing about Clara is that how she is in the game she's pretty much the same in real life and it's Codex who's like the total opposite of her character because in real life she's. She's obviously very shy. She doesn't like to go outside. Her own therapist dropped her, so right away you know that yeah. this girl's got some issues. Right, she's <laughs> that super she needs awkward. To work and then when you find out why Zabu's at her doorstep, it's because she's a little bit of a flirt in the game. She winked at him. But didn't she say that she didn't mean to wink? But everyone kind of uh, reaffirmed that she is yeah. a little flirty in the game, so she can't even like get out of that <laughs>
2: explanation. Yeah, to just show a little bit more of my you know nerd shoulder. Now I just started playing D and D about a year and go. So I uh-huh. fully understand what it means to be immersed in your character. And when you are playing that character, really get into it. You are that character. And they say that your first D&D character is who you are as a person. I mean, it seems that because Codex is an experienced player, I'm sure this is not her first rodeo. This cannot be her first character. So I'm guessing that this character is it is completely opposite of who she is. For her, you know, in this game, she can be everything she's not in real life. She can be Flirty, she, she can be strong, she can be chew a man and spit him out type of gal. But in real life, she doesn't know how to handle that because she's not Codex. She's Sid. And it's funny because I think Tinker Bala is the complete opposite of that. Tinker mm-hmm. Bala is everything that Codex is. In the game, she's also very strong, but she doesn't want people to know that she does this. Very private.
1: Yeah, about her moing. What happens on virtual stays in the virtual world and what happens in IRL stays in IRL. They're very clear that those two worlds do not and should not mix. I've gamed with people who worked in the medical industry that I was like, yeah, we don't talk about what happens in the hospital. Back then, doxing wasn't a thing as it is now. Like now, Zabu... I feel like he was the first doxer. That guy could find anything about a person, and it's scary. And there are people like that that don't have clear boundaries. And if you reveal too much information, they will find you.
0: So just so people listening understand, doxing pretty much how Romeo just described, is the act of publicly revealing previously private personal information about an mm-hmm. individual or an organization, usually through the internet. Searching publicly available databases, social media websites, hacking, social engineering. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy thing to do but it's also a thing that is at the same time very intrusive and some people who do it don't even realize how intrusive they're actually being which is something that Zabu, <laughs> yeah, he, like he, he's totally unaware of how intrusive he is.
1: Right, I feel like the character of Zabu is is a character of its time, creepy but yet harmless and played for jokes. If that character was created today, it wouldn't be as charming. Correct, as he's represented, it is something I know in a lot of communities that is not tolerated. That's like a perma from a community. Yeah,
2: they made it seem really cute. <laughs> I'm like, no. And no, I'm just I, like, oh, he just took clippings of her hair. I don't know how I feel about that. Like <laughs> what?
1: or when he was creating his favorite woman in like season six, how he has skin flakes of uh, codex.
2: I mean, it isn't helping poor Codex, it is not helping No, Sid the person at all. And then he was sort
1: her. of gaslit into thinking that maybe he is a suitable romantic partner in season five.
0: Well, to Zabu's credit, he did have a lot of character growth from season one to season five. I think she was a little in denial at the time and we come to realize that she was a little bit in denial Mm -hmm. as Zabu (laughs) himself is the one who talked her through it. We also have to remind ourselves Felicia Day wrote this stuff. This is her (laughs) vision. This isn't like some group of writers who wrote a problematic character from season one. This is Felicia Day who wrote this character and this is Felicia Day who took the time to actually develop Zabu into a normal human being. Sort of. Sort of. Until season six when, you know, he falls Fell love
1: in love with, with an NPC, <laughs> which is my
0: right. favorite thing. Rena, right. so what did you anticipate for the relationship of Codex and Zabu? Was this something that you thought, oh, they're not compatible right now, but maybe they'll be compatible towards the end? Were you buying into a possible romance towards the end of the series, or were you more like, uh I hope this doesn't happen? Oh, I was
2: in the I hope this doesn't happen camp. <laughs> I was really hoping yeah. that Codex and Zabu would become friends, that he would realize she's just not into him, but that they can have a relationship outside of the game as friends, good friends who have shared these magical experiences together um, and they could be friends in real life. And so that's what I was hoping. So every time, like anything romantic came up, I'm like, girl, don't do it. You know, I found myself yelling for like a minute and a half at the screen because these are very short episodes. No, you're just thinking you need someone. You don't need someone. You got this, Sid. You can be solo. I was on Team Independent Woman.
0: She has so much to work on herself yeah. that starting a romantic relationship right. would have been a huge mistake. I'm really glad that they never wrote in a romantic interest for her, even though she has a fling with, um, with Fox. Fox. Played by Will Wheaton. Will (laughs) Wheaton. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm glad that never developed into something a little more serious. Yeah, I'm glad there wasn't like some random character that gets introduced to us later in the seasons who suddenly her romantic interests. And the Guild isn't isn't about the game. It's about the friends we made along the way. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And that's exactly what it is. You know, it's like these people who seem like strangers to themselves who didn't want to meet in person, etc. And then they finally decided to meet, open themselves up to each other and become actual friends friends no matter how resistant some of them were like Tinkerbala and Vork. It was kind of nice how it ended up all working out in the end. Yeah. So she can't have committed relationships until she yeah. commits to herself. And when you see it at the end of the series, you're like, oh good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is true. Cause I mean like the MMO that I play the link is staying together. Not so much that we're in love with the game is because we like playing with each other. And that's what's keeping us going. I don't know. I don't know if you could speak it from your dandy group. It's about the other players, right? Not so much about the story, but it's just hanging out with your friends.
2: It's really funny because when I go into D&D, it's like I've taken off my Rena costume and put on my Cora tea leaf costume. And I'm a different person. Like I step into this brand new world. I feel like I'm acting. I'm not an actor for sure, but I feel like I'm acting. But my experience with the people in the game is 100% different than the experience I have with them in real life. And I've met all of them in real life, except one person. It's Really interesting how that dynamic happens. You're splitting yourself into your real person and your
1: D and D or your MMO persona. Right. The game is heavily based on those D and D tropes. It is this perfect sort of meld that your D and D background mm-hmm. does add a level of important little conversation to the guild because Felicia Day also a very experienced D and D player, and a lot of the guild members.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Felicia Day. Seems- She grew up, uh, she had a military father. They did some moving around. She was homeschooled. She was exposed to the very early stages of the internet. So she's been gaming since like the mid-90s. Dial-up days. Yeah, exactly. The dial-up days. She knows all corners of gaming on the internet.
1: AOL dial-up. Get the disc in the
0: mail. I use them as coasters. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) right. And the fact that we actually had a LAN party in the season finale. Oh, yeah. um, For three. We went to the internet (laughs) cafe what was it the access members were going up against the knights of good they had a literal land pvp party and that was a thing
0: when vork's trying to fit through the door with his monitor <laughs> with his yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, ask some questions about vork and how he's able to get a subscription
0: well i think you have to suspend disbelief with vork because there's a lot of things going on in that guy's life where you're like right. this yeah this is impossible <laughs> like, this is actually impossible <laughs> you know it's just for comic relief and the only reason he stayed in his Winnebago, I think, is because he just didn't want to be around other people. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. The guy is like in a shack playing this game. He barely even wanted Zabu there. You yeah, know? Zabu
2: was forced on him, to be fair. True. Like a coin farm or loot farm. So I think it's a good
0: time <laughs> to get into Vork. So Jeff Lewis, I mean, this guy, I think this guy's hilarious. He actually was um, one of the three that were automatically cast. They didn't have to audition. Uh, so the three are Felicia Day, of course. Sandy Parikh didn't have to audition and neither did Jeff Lewis they all knew each other through uh, improv class
1: we should preface this is Jeff Lewis the actor and not the reality star from Bravo <laughs> cuz there're two right. there're two That's Jeff right. Lewiss <laughs>
0: So in the beginning, I was like, I can kind of respect Vork because he abides by his rules. And then there gets to the point where he just gets so unreasonable. You're just like, oh, man, I kind of hate this guy. (laughs) He's Stealing like money from Social Security, moving the fence so that he can steal a guy who has Alzheimer's, his Wi-Fi. Yeah, this guy is doing horrible things. Yeah, really. He's a bad dude. He doesn't believe in actual activism for a while until he learns a lesson in season six. That's the character to me. Like, if Codex doesn't shape up, she's going to turn into Vork at some <laughs> point.
2: <laughs> I mean, also, on some level, she doesn't realize how hard Vork's job really is. Yeah. Because that's when true. she becomes the guild leader, she has no idea, no idea how to keep them together. Uh-huh. Tink flees and goes off. And, like, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I'm sorry, while we're at it, why is Will Wheaton always a bad guy? He's young, so good at it. But he does it so well. You're 1000% right, David.
0: Yeah, his job isn't easy being in charge of the axis of anarchy, but I think he does a lot. Well, we know that he's doing a lot better job than Vork does because they have one of the top clans in the game. With Vork, it's like it's a cautionary tale of what it's like when you give yourself All of yourself to a video game. Even at the end of the series, I still consider him beyond saving. I I don't know. What do you think? Like, yeah, he does get his dream girl, but he only changes just a little bit to accommodate her. Like, to me, their relationship is still a little rocky. I don't know. Uh, How do you guys interpret his character growth?
2: I mean, he's a very take me as I am kind of guy. He's never been anything but Vork. Take me as
1: I am. Love me or hate me. I haven't come across a guild leader like that that was that into the that like they have like written rules like subcodes about loot drops and stuff but they are out there where I yeah, think, would
0: you consider vork toxic?
1: I think he's likable enough here's the thing about all the characters in the guild I think they're likable enough that you can overlook the toxicity. And we'll get to Blades in a second, and Tinkerbell, (laughs) because those two characters, I have personalities I have come across in gaming. And to be fair, like, I think that is played up for the comedy aspect of it.
0: Sure, sure, that's with all of them. You have to decide, figure out which one is being hyper-reality version of them, and which ones are actually almost to the T of the actual. Like, I think Codex to the T is realistic. I think Vork is played up. I think Claire is played up. I know, yeah. Romeo, you said you've heard people like yeah, this. Yeah, not, not to what? the
1: extent of child endangerment. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. like that's yeah. legit child endangerment. It's
0: super extreme. The other character who I think is certainly based on reality and will always exist in gaming, that right. is Blades. As tough as he is to watch in the beginning, I can't help but laugh. I think he's so funny. And his character trajectory just cracks me up because he becomes an internet meme. And it's the early stages of internet meme where you're like watching him on YouTube and not like... TikTok or or, uh, or right. like an Instagram. Yeah. So there's those two types of people, the ones who fade off in existence, they're totally fine with not being recognized. And the ones who try to stay relevant as much as possible. And that's what mm-hmm. Blades is. He's trying to stay relevant as much as possible. You're like, yeah, this yeah. guy's a little pathetic, but yeah, he's, he's funny, though. I don't know. I like Blades.
1: He was the typical mass representation of Internet culture. That sort of toxicity in terms of like he is a gay keeper in some respects he does talk down to everyone that thinks that any any other opinion other than his is stupid um he is that selfish guild member who would grief someone get banned and penalize the entire guild
2: i mean we can't talk about blades without talking about his sister okay i love his him. real
0: life sister
2: yes <laughs> oh no <know>. that's the <laughs> best part oh, of this you know that. Or, oh, you oh you didn't know, know that wondering. oh wow. no what a mess. because they like spitting image <laughs> i i don't know they could have found someone that looked just like him she rules him like she's she quoting the art of war
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yes she outfoxed fox in an adorable way and i i'm all for it but i will say like going back to your statement how your first rpg or D mm-hmm. character is a true reflection of yourself mm-hmm. that's blades he is a rogue off and on the game like when he was trying to get sid fired as the social media person for that pirate burger place or mm-hmm. how he was trying to mess up Clara's marriage by getting Mr. Wiggly to um, quit his job and be less responsible because Clara was telling his mom that she should totally date the um, guy from the Axis of Um of Anarchy.
0: Yeah, she gave advice that she should stay with Bruiser. And he was desperate, man. He had, he had to go to desperate measures.
1: <laughs> I just love to say that. I love that his character's name is Bruiser and he's the healer of the group and his name is Bruiser. I love it. I love just
2: how dastardly the Axis of Anarchy really is because they use a lot of their wiles to get what they want, to Mm -hmm. manipulate the system. (laughs) Axis of Anarchy are like dastardly bananas.
0: So one more thing I want to note about Blades is that I like season five, how he's trying to gain fame and he has this idea of what celebrities are like. And then when he's actually parting with celebrities, he realized, oh, they're just normal, boring people. A lot of them, you know, they they, they just, take care of themselves. And they're just nice people who um, are just friends and having a good time. (laughs) But he thinks he just has a totally different idea, which I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, young people Mm -hmm. and influencers are Mm -hmm. doing this now where they're presenting themselves in a certain way, because they need to make that money. And the people who are following these influencers, a lot of them probably think this is what their lives are like. But in reality, it's like not really, man, they're just doing the hustling. They're just hustling so they can have a living.
1: Third is normal people. This is a job. This fame it's all about how you treat your fans. And Blades is thinking of this culture that's presented on MTV Cribs and stuff, where it's just not real. Especially when we're near an internet celebrity. I thought yeah. that's was like a nice little beautiful way of sort of explaining what it's like for a celebrity constantly having to work those conventions.
0: Circling back here to the last skilled character here, we got Tinker Bala. as we learn the least about this character throughout the seasons until season 5 when we discover that she's actually adopted. Her real name is April Liu. We also find out that she's been studying costume design and we get to see a little softer side of her in those last two seasons. And yeah, she was very much rough around the edges. Very cold, very manipulative. It's just an enjoyable character to watch. I thought that Amy Odkuda did a really good job. She had a dancing background which you get to see in the music videos. Rina, what yes. do you think about Tinkerballa?
2: It's hilarious because she is everything that I'm guessing men on the internet think women gamers are. Manipulative, vixenish, very alluring, really like a siren, you know, and they just have them do things and they are not true gamers. I think she's great. She just knows how to manipulate the system, AKA Blades, into $3,000 worth of debt because she wants everything, you Mm -hmm. know, with the promise of he's going to get something else, which in itself is problematic. But, you know, she really knows who she is. She's very self aware about who she is, what she likes and what she doesn't like. And that's what I really like about her. She's completely completely the opposite of Sid. And she's exactly who she is in the game. It's like her first character. I mean, she did get it erased and she was very bummed out about that because Blade's like, you want to play me? I play you.
1: Goodbye.
0: Did you think Blade's went too far when he deleted her character?
1: Yeah, it is character death. That's like years of skill points that you lose in armor. Like something that isn't explained about loot. And if you come from the MMO world is a lot of the loot drops are based on luck. So there's a lot of grinding for certain pieces of gear. And getting that certain piece of gear, it is a status symbol in that world. I felt that pain for Tink. I can't imagine losing my character that I spent almost 10 years building up. That would cause me not to want to play anymore.
2: I mean, I expected he would do something kinder like encrypt her password so she couldn't Mm -hmm. get into her character and kind of keep it hostage, I guess, as Mm -hmm. it were, to punish her for being such a jerk to him. But for him to straight out delete it, the pain. You know, I knew how impactful that was. I didn't have to play an to to know how awful that would be to spend so much and invest so much in a character and time to have it just be blooped out of existence by someone who's super spiteful.
1: I would be just as angry at Blades and probably wouldn't make me leave a guild because right. when you're in a guild, your guys have each other's backs. And when, when one person does something that atrocious and you still allow them to be in the guild, how can you trust that guild? for condoning that type of behavior.
0: She betrayed them, all of them. He got it pretty bad. I mean, all the thousands of dollars in debt, like she took advantage of a child. Mm -hmm, Right. (laughs) For him to be that reactionary, it's like, yeah, he deleted like a piece of her identity, Mm -hmm. which is pretty bad, I admit. I mean, all the crap she was pulling, I can see the guild, the Knights of Good, just calling it a wash and and just moving forward when they were able to get the guild back together after those Mm -hmm. ordeals. Because they went through a lot. They really did. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they they just want to play. They just want to keep it in the game. So we've touched on some of the supporting characters already, but Rena, are there any supporting characters that we haven't touched on that you think are worth noting? Zabu's
2: mom physically assaults Codex. You have my son boop, smashes her in the face. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Or, you know, causing that scene in the restaurant. I'm like, oh, Zabu, I see where you get that. I mean, I'm glad that she isn't all over the place. You know, I'm glad that we don't see her for too long. Other than the the access of anarchy, I love Mr. Wiggly. He's a very forgiving and loving man.
0: The actor, Brett Sheridan, I see him in stuff now. He doesn't do much acting. And I don't know if he does any acting now, really, but I think he's just more like a stay at home dad. (laughs) He's very funny. He's a comedian. Also, he does a lot of movie trivia schmodown. He plays a character called Sir Flutenflaus, which is like (laughs) this German EDM musician. It's really funny. He did one schmodown match with uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, that was a good time. But yeah, yeah, he's just a really funny guy. So and you mentioned the axis of anarchy. I liked how each of them had their own thing like they were all interesting in their own way Venom and she's very funny and then you have Bruiser we touched on a little bit there's Quan the uh, South Korean member of the group we come to find out makes millions of dollars off of playing online games
1: <laughs> you know, he's a pro player um, Starcraft
0: and then we have Valkyrie who claims that he loves looking at women but we suspect could be a closet homosexual
1: <laughs> that's a real thing <laughs> Wait, here's the thing like it's a joke that won't fly now that yeah. men playing female characters. I'm someone who only occasionally would like to play a female character just because there's certain aspects about like especially in fighting games like Chun-Li is my go-to character. But yeah but there's always been like this weird toxicity about guys playing female characters that imply automatically that they're gay or they're not real gamers.
2: I'm so angry because I think it just gives a better perspective especially to a man playing a woman character. Granted they'll never be a woman but playing a woman character or or even being a woman character in an MMO or even in a D&D situation, I think really gives them um, a better understanding of what a woman is into their personalities, maybe a little bit that they may not understand. You know, I think it's great. Women are forced to play men characters all the time. So a man choosing to play a woman character, I think is wonderful. It's great. It should be celebrated. And I think it's really sad that it is thumbs down. And that's what online anything is, being part Part of the message board, playing an online game with people, I think is the anonymity of it that kind of protects you. And then when it's attacked, you're like, well, this kind of sucks.
0: We talked about a lot of high points throughout the series. Is there anything that we missed, Rena?
2: Well, I mean, one thing I discovered in my research of Felicia Day when I was researching for this podcast is that she is an accomplished violinist and she was accepted to Juilliard. Yeah, so, that was
0: a real thing. Yeah, And
2: so watching her play on really early season one, definitely. She mm-hmm. plays the violin and I'm like, oh, you're so good. And it's her. <laughs> I mean, it's guaranteed her. So I don't think we've missed anything. I think we've covered a lot of
0: everything in this episode. If there's one thing that we didn't entirely touch on and we don't have to get too extensively about it. I did like the slew of cameos in season five. I thought the Master Chiefs beating up Kevin Sorbo was yeah. hilarious Yes. Scene. yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And, and yes, yes, Catherine yes, Stanley. Yes. There were a lot of early cameos of people that were popular in internet culture that I feel like today's like Zoomers won't understand who they are.
0: It was cool to see Brent Spiner in there. Mm-hmm. There was grants from Mythbusters, which was kind of sad. Made me feel sad oh, for yeah. a moment. And in you
1: the know. party scene, so the rest of the Mythbusters too, like in, in the background.
0: Zachary so, Levi was in there. Rick Fox. Elijah Dushku, basically um. Felicia Day's friends from shows. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, from Dollhouse. It's basically the oh. Dollhouse cast.
2: We can't forget Nathan Fillion.
0: As I he was that. also a uh, an internet meme and he was trying to... <laughs> Leech off of Vork's ideas.
2: (laughs) Okay, this is really embarrassing. I don't want to turn this podcast into stuff Rena has done at Comic-Con. My very first Comic-Con, because I didn't know what was happening, my friend said, come stay with me in my hotel room. Okay, I will come stay with you. So I flew down to San Diego and I brought with me my Firefly DVD. (laughs) I carried it around. Hello. So I carried it around with me and I was waiting in my hotel lobby just sitting there because they were cleaning my room. As I was sitting there, just minding my own business, out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone get up. He was wearing a green shirt and I stood up and it was Nathan Fillion. I was in awe and I looked at him and I said, "Um, Nathan Fillion, can we take a picture together? And this is pre cell phone pictures. So this is like straight up like camera photo. Uh-huh. And he said, oh, of course, of course, please let me take it for us. And so he took his very long arm and he took a selfie of us. He smelled very good and <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) This is very important to me. But anyway, I said, thank you so much. And he said, no, you're welcome. Have a wonderful con. I said, said, thanks so much, Captain Hammer. Hello. I was mortified. And he just had the biggest smile on his face and he left. He was there. Actually, I found out later for a shoot for Entertainment Weekly. On the cover of Entertainment Weekly, he's wearing a Green Lantern shirt. That is the shirt he was wearing when we took our photo together. Wow. I have a warm affinity for that man. And I found out later that if he's walking somewhere and someone recognizes him and says, hey, Nate. Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion. He has this card that he has in his pocket um, that he pulls out and it says something to the effect of, I'm so sorry I wasn't able to talk with you or take a picture with you. I was on my way to something, but please take this card. And he signs it in the back as a yes, a meaning that we met. If you say that we hung out together, I will 100% back you up.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: He's a quality human and he is so nice. I've seen him roaming around and I don't doubt for a minute that he isn't nice. And also his mom was a librarian and he also raises money for books for libraries and children.
0: Very cool. It's appropriate to have this long story about Mm -hmm. him because one of the big reasons the Guild got so popular was because of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. People watched it. They Uh saw Felicia Day and thought, wow, she's really talented. What else does Mm -hmm. she do? And people found the Guild. And that's a surge in popularity, which I think, who knows if this show would have continued if it wasn't for Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog.
1: And here's the weird thing. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog was inspired by what Felicia Day was doing in the Guild. No one thought something on the internet like this could be profitable or embraced. She is a pioneer of this type of streaming content. Like, she made creating internet content accessible
0: yeah yeah it's just an incredibly important show and i think that's why uh, I, like i mentioned earlier is felicia day an internet queen romeo you summed it up as saying yeah she's royalty it's forever going to be known like when you're doing the history of the internet you can't help but at least have some section talking about what felicia day did with the guild
1: but she had enough of a brand recognition to put a spotlight mm-hmm. onto what she was doing which was lucky for out of the adjacent content creators at the- the time.
0: Well, uh, Rena, is there one episode you would show someone to get them interested in the guild?
2: I think to say one episode is just kind of wrong because they're so short. I would probably have them watch the season five stint where they are at the con. It's the height of the guild for me. And it has some of the best writing in it. And I just really like the characters and how they develop and who they are at the con. So I think I would say watch season five.
0: Were there ever any moments you were having your doubts?
2: Hey, season one, maybe was a little rocky, but nothing that would have made me stop.
0: Rena, do you know about other material that enriches the show's viewing experience?
2: Watch those music videos. Yes.
0: They're and those two
2: so much fun.
0: Yeah. So the two music videos are Do You Want to Date My Avatar, which actually blew up like people were buying it that yeah they got really popular on uh, on itunes and there's game on which is like a bollywood theme like music video which i'll admit um production wise is impressive
1: i knew of will you date my avatar before i got into mmos but after revisiting a song after I've been playing eminence for a while it hits different i get all the references like taken spank yeah. i thought it was just like it's like a weird section no no actual term taken spank you're just going in and dps and not worry about the game mechanics it's like a truly nerd. Song.
0: If you have to make a list of nerd anthems, that Mm -hmm. one is on there for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I
2: mean, the other one would probably be Code Monkey. I really like that song.
0: Before I get to the Guild YouTube channel, there is Felicia Day's autobiography, You're Never Weird on the Internet Almost, which is about her unusual upbringing, her rise to internet stardom, and embracing her individuality to find success in Hollywood. I remember I checked this out from the library. I just kind of stumbled upon it. I loved reading it. It's really interesting. You really do learn a lot about her, but you also learn a lot about making the Guild. People are interested in learning more about that, like some of the behind the scenes stuff and just how hard it was to make the show. And also understanding that the video game creator in season five and six, Floyd Petrosky, that character is basically Felicia Day in real life. That was the idea. And and like the game is a metaphor for making the Guild. People criticizing it or people being like, why are there two to three weeks between episodes?
1: I didn't think that at all. I thought it was a take on Michael Brzezinski and other that's larger than life Game developers. Okay, that just blows my mind.
0: There's also the Guild One Shot series where each member of the Knights of Good has their own one shot comic. Fox also has one. There's also the Guild, which is comic and graphic novel tie ins with the web series. Now to the YouTube channel where you can find the Guild Christmas. Now, Rena, I don't know if you've seen these Christmas videos from the Guild.
2: I haven't.
0: Okay, they have merchandise commercials for each member of the Knights of Good and they're all really funny. And I I think he would really enjoy it. Like blades is a switchblade toy. <laughs> it's like his action figure, but you press yes. a button and a switchblade comes out. <laughs>
1: yes. It's great. It's happily called the um guild sells out. And the opening yeah. is just Felicia and Sandy just like talking about Christmas. And she's like saying, Yeah, we totally sell out. That's how we have so much money. And he's actively throwing piles of money in the fireplace to keep the Where fire going. Was I? Oh my gosh. I'm gonna It's amazing. After, after taping, I will
2: immediately look it yep. up. It's great. Yeah.
0: Vork is a piggy bank that you can't get your money out of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And again, the Guild cast, they still like to hang out. They do d d on Felicia Day's Twitch. They play other games together. I watched some of them, not all the way through, but I would uh-huh. like skip around just to see what it was yeah. like. And I mean, I had a big smile on my face. They're fun. Yeah. They're funny. Yeah.
1: And they all have their own Twitch pages. Almost every Sunday, they're either doing d d or they're doing Among. Us. Like it's called the Guild um, Games Together. Vince Kesa also DMs d and D session over at Pixel Circus every Friday, and you just watch just ridiculous. Read- Ridiculous stuff. If you want to somewhat interact with them, go hang out when they're live on Twitch. And I should note for their D&D sessions, they play as their guild characters.
2: I'm a huge podcast person. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm driving or when I'm doing just household chores. Felicia Day and Tom Lank, who she was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer with, a podcast called Undressing Bridgerton, where they go over each episode of Bridgerton. And it is really an R-rated podcast Cast, so no littles. I mean, but <laughs> what little person is going to be watching Bridgerton? <laughs>
0: or like Romeo, who watches it with his parents.
1: I did oh, by mistake. Oh, I, no. didn't <laughs> I didn't what know. I didn't know.
2: No, no. Oh, I it feel for you. Too, it was too late. I would suggest undressing Bridgerton is super fun. I mean, I'm getting my Felicia Day fix. And I listened to that podcast and it made me just want to watch Bridgerton again because it's so much fun. So if you want a fun Felicia Day fix, you have a or have not watched Bridgerton, it is not necessary for you to have watched it to enjoy this podcast.
1: She's pretty much on Twitch almost every day. They also do Fortnite stuff together too.
0: Rena, would you want a reboot or a continuation series of the Guild?
1: This one, I
2: would say yes, because I would love to know now as previous gamers, if they're still gaming together, A, and B, what they do in real life. Real life on the show, right? I want to see what Claire is doing with her life, how old her kids are now. Maybe Tink's a famous fashion desire. I want to see. I want to see what's happening. Yes, I would say yes. Yes to a one episode. What are they doing
0: now? Considering how short their seasons are, you could totally have a feature length movie. Even their longest seasons are only like an hour and a half. So that's a movie length. So we're winding down here, Rena. Mm -hmm. Briefly discuss who can enjoy the guild.
2: Anyone who plays an MMO or anybody who plays first person, anyone who plays computer games and cultivates relationships on the internet through gaming would enjoy this show a lot.
0: So do you have any suggestions for similar shows or
2: franchises that viewers might also enjoy? One thousand percent. The show I would fully tell people to watch is Mythic Quest on Apple TV. It speaks to the back gaming inside making of an MMO in a fun comedy form with Rob McElhaney. And I loved it so much. The storytelling is so rich. It's what the Guild could be if it had a lot of sweet apple money behind it. Mythic Quest is just an
1: expansion of the ideas and themes of Season 6 of the Guild. If it moved on.
0: So we have a few. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is very much like the Guild in the terms of it's in this internet culture or like this, um, the tech world. And there's very much their own lingo and like the behind the scenes of what it's like to try to build your own startup and etc. So there's a lot of uh, connective tissue that you see there between the two of them. Very funny show with its own unique characters and, and Jared. That, like Jared. <laughs> God, I love Jared. <laughs> who's not even whose real name isn't even Jared. <laughs> right,
2: correct. but That's fine.
0: If you want to talk about Internet, there is the legend of Neil, which is a series that follows a character named Neil who is sucked into the world of Legend of Zelda while playing the game. So he's traveling Hyrule and he's mistaken for Link. It's very self degrading the humor in it is a little crude. People try it out, just be ready for bad words, foul scenes. I mean, Felicia Day plays a fairy in it at one point. The things they have her do, I'm surprised that she did <laughs> to be honest. But I bring this show up because it was actually directed in its entirety by uh, Sandy Parikh. Oh, Where that's that? fun. And that can be found on YouTube. And uh, Romeo, he has a couple.
1: Yeah, it's just some off the wall ones, um, especially in that YouTube culture. I mean, Smosh and we're talking about the early days when Anthony Padilla was still part of the group with Anne Hecox and even the modern day stuff too. Every Blank Ever series is sort of similar. Um, they recently did one with every video game ever. Then there's like the early like X-Play sketches that are similar to the types of humor that you found on the guild. And if you do like the songs that Felicia Day wrote and sang, and there are a couple of artists. First off, Weird Al Yankovic is like the nerd god of music. Perry Grip, who is the frontman of Nerf Herder. Oh, um, yeah. He does a lot of internet songs. But the one that just sticks out in my head is called The Girl at the Video Game Store, which actually was written for Attack of the Shows, I think 1,000 episode.
2: Also, if I can just add mm-hmm. an earworm to this for Perry Grip, there's a wonderful ditty called Chimpanzee Riding on a Segway. I would suggest that fully. Look, I'm not asking you to invest a lot of time. The Guild is not a lot of time and this video is only like uh 15 seconds long so perry grip was like a certain era of
1: the internet and his stuff was always featured on attack of the show or on the same time the guild was popularized like this is a time of the internet that everything feeds into each other and if you want to recapture the glory days of that era perry
2: grip I mean, if you want to go down that youtube rabbit hole i would say oh. 1000 do it spend a day just nostalging yourself into internet banana stuff
1: there's a show on pixel circus same channel that vince casso is on on sunday nights they have a thing called um one time on the internet which talks about this period of time where every sunday night they go into a certain aspect of the internet that happened during this time period and sort of like walk you through like how that meme or thing started and where that person is now which is really fascinating so if you want to know that time of period that you might have missed out on while growing up. Go check out One Time on the internet on the Pixel Circus channel on Twitch. I think okay. we did it, right? Yay, yeah. we
0: did it. We did it. We talked about the guild.
1: We talked about the guild and other
0: nerdy pursuits. More importantly, Rena, thanks so much for coming back and talking oh about God. the guild with us.
2: Thank you so much for letting me sleep on your doorstep and opening it up to let me do this again. I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> well we're going to put you back outside for a little while longer All and right. then hopefully you'll want to uh be let back in.
2: Thanks so much <laughs> for having me again.
0: Yeah, no problem. Anything you want to plug?
2: The most exciting, non-exciting TikTok in the world, Library Vixen. Also, once again, hawking the YouTube channel that has no videos on it yet, but they're in production, Library Girls Travel, and the same for Instagram.
0: Awesome. Well, with all that being said, listeners, stay tuned for our final thoughts in Mailbag. Welcome back glad we were able to do the guild this was the first web series like true web series that we've done so far and i think it went pretty well and if there's any show that you start things out with going into this media it is the guild is like we talked about it was one of the ones that started it all that popularized it and and rena brought a really good discussion to it and it also helped that she's met some of the people from the guild mm-hmm. and really cool background stuff that really helped enlighten the discussion we got a lot out of this discussion than i expected to to for a show that is really not all that long. A show that you could probably watch in one or two days if you really you committed are. yourself. <laughs> so yeah, great discussion. Hope to have Rena back again sometime in the future. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. It's great.
1: The guild was is a fun little time capsule of a show. They just celebrated their um 14 year anniversary and which is now available on their YouTube page. And I learned a lot about the filming.
0: Cool. Yeah we'll all have to give it a watch.
1: It's a lot of fun stuff. Including there was one cast member that was excited for Rick Fox.
0: It was probably Amy Okuda, but whatever. Yes. Because I know her basketball background. And then speaking of Amy Okuda and her basketball background, you and Rena frequently called her Tinker Bella in the episode, but her name is actually Tinker Bala, B-A-L-L-A, which is an understandable mistake because when you think back on the show, most of the time she's called Tink anyways. So it's easy to not pick up that her name is actually Tinker Bala in the game and not Tinker Bella. And I didn't want to correct you guys because I just didn't want to I interrupt you guys so <laughs> like, you should have that's what final thoughts are for you're
1: a good producer you need something for this segment <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right one more thing here about Brett Sheridan who played Mr. Wiggly I wasn't sure when his last acting credit was well his last acting credit was back in 2012 it was in the guild it was also in the Jeff Lewis five minute comedy hour which I forgot to mention in recommendations so I'm going to recommend that to you guys the Jeff Lewis five minute comedy hour which you can find on on YouTube. He also has some credits in Hollywood Saturday Night and he also had two credits in 90210 as a photographer. So all that was in 2012 and he hasn't done any acting since other than like hosting gigs on YouTube and trivia shows and stuff. So time to move on. If you ever want to reach us, you can always do it at bingeessentials at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at David Rocha Binge. You can find Romeo at rmora02. You can find find me on Twitter at David Rocher Radio, and you can find Romeo at RMora1. If you guys listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it if you got on there, gave us five stars, and reviewed us. It helps with the algorithms. I haven't asked in a long time. I thought I should bring it up today because, hey man, it would be greatly appreciated if you guys were able to pull that off. We know you're listening, and I know not all of you are using Apple Podcasts, but basically whatever one you're using, if there's a rating system, rate us so we can get some new listeners. Now, time to tease Next week's episode. Next week, we're doing Catastrophe. Now, most people probably don't know what Catastrophe is. Well, it was a series from England that starred Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. They also served as writers and creators of the show. It's a very funny marriage comedy that I will be playing guest for, and Romeo will be playing host. So, if you guys are interested in watching the series before the episode is released next week, you can find it on Amazon Prime if you are in the United States. I'm not sure if it's like a worldwide thing, but But Prime Video is the place to find it if you are in the North America. So with all that being said, thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week.